Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's a pleasure to be here this morning teaching. Uh, first, I want to thank uh, Pastor Kyle and all the ministry of this church and, uh, for giving us the opportunity to come in here and share what God has laid in our hearts to teach. And what a wonderful day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. God is a, such a merciful God. Uh, today, I'm going to be teaching on the second coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, it's a subject that I love teaching and learning Bible prophecy. And I also like teaching. So you mix a subject that I really like to learn and teach. And, uh, and I love teaching. So you mix it all together and it's a great combination. Let's close our eyes before we have a seat. And let's say a prayer. Lord, we want to thank you for this morning. Thank you for the privilege to be alive, to be healthy, to be strong enough to come to the church. Thank you for the wisdom that you have given to us. Thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your care. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, because we can come to church and hear a teaching from the Lord. So, Lord, we pray this morning that you speak to the congregation. That use me as a vessel, oh Lord, to reach, to instruct in love according to your words. As we open our hearts to receive your words. Say, everybody say, thank you, Jesus. All right, put your hands together. You may have a seat. All right, it's a pleasure uh, and it's an honor to be here and teaching this morning. And I see some sisters in here um, that I haven't seen her for a while. It's so good to see you. So turn to the person next to you and say, good to see you in the house of the Lord. Amen. The second coming of Jesus Christ, that's the topic uh, of... Uh, the, that I'm going to be teaching. My objective is to prepare the church to that glorious, wonderful day that Jesus is coming back to this earth. And, uh, uh, and it's such a wonderful hope that we have to know that our Lord is coming back. And He promised that he would come back. There's so many scriptures in the Bible about Jesus' second coming. And uh, we just have to select some of them to post up there. And we're going to learn some of them in order for us to be prepared. And uh, uh, when Jesus came to this world, he came and he preached uh, all his life. And then he, he died. They thought they had killed him. And they did. They did kill him. And he was dead. And he was in the tomb for three days and three nights. And in the end of the three days and the three nights, he came back alive again. He is alive. 
And the interesting thing is that when he was born, he was born in a manger and he was born in a stable and uh, uh, in, in a very humbling situation that he was born. But when he was buried, he was buried in a very uh, dignified tomb, very appropriate tomb. Uh, the Lord is once put, uh, at, uh, put our attention in the way that he was Barry, because he wanted to be very uh, assured that he rose again. So when he was buried, uh, he was placed in that very uh, nice tomb. And they had the soldiers, the Roman soldiers, guarding the tomb. Because there were rumors that he was going to raise again from the dead. So the leaders uh, of uh, Judaism... Uh, the, the religious leaders at the time, they were concerned that the disciples would go to the tomb, steal the body, and then turn and say that he rose again. So they requested that Roman soldiers would be guarding the tomb. And so they did. They put the guards there uh, to guard the tomb. But uh, even though that didn't keep Jesus from raising from the dead. What happened was um, that the soldiers, uh, they passed out. They saw this light and uh, the angel came and he moved the stone and Jesus rose again. So after he had uh, rose again, he was in this earth for 40 days. And he appeared to over 500 people according to the scripture. He appeared to them. And for his disciples was shocking because the disciples were there and they saw him being crucified. They saw him dying. They saw him being buried. They saw. And, uh, uh, and they were shocked. And they knew the, the rumors that he was going to rise again. But uh, they had that in the back of their minds. But when they actually saw Jesus... Uh, that was very uh, shocking to them and was a unique experience for them and an, an experience that changed their lives forever. Even Thomas, that was, was one of his followers, Thomas turned and said, oh, no, 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 I don't believe that he rose again. I only believe if I see and touch his hands. So that gives you like a, uh, an idea of how they, uh, the, the type of relationship that they had and, and how the, the group of the apostles, they were feeling about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then he rose again and, uh, and then he appears to them. And he appears to Thomas and uh, had him checking on his hands and check that in fact, was really him. And for the disciples, after that point, uh, they really uh, gave themselves completely to the Lord. At that point, there was a life changing. There, there was the turning point for all of them. They, they couldn't go get out and go back fishing. <laughs> they couldn't just uh, walk away from it. They just want to be with Jesus. And uh, whatever Jesus would, um, would go, they would go with him. Uh, and the interesting thing is that when Jesus was in the Mount Oliver, he, he was there and they were their eyes fixed 
on Jesus. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about the, the, uh, what happened. Let's take a look in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. To whom also he shewed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. That like uh, you can't contest that proof. He showed himself to the apostles. And there was no way to deny that he rose again. Being seen of them 40 days. And it's interesting there's 40 days there because uh, um, uh, he was fasting for 40 days before his ministry. You remember when he went to the desert and he was there for 40 days fasting before his ministry. And then right before he ascended to heaven, he was on the earth for 40 days as well. Uh, and also there was 40 days that Noah uh, built the ark. And then for 40 days it was raining when Noah was in the ark. So there's, uh, I just want to say that so you won't forget that Jesus was in the earth for 40 days after he rose again. Also the, the children of Israel, were, they were uh, wandering the desert for 40 years. So uh, there's a lot of 40s in there, and uh, it's, uh, as a teacher, it, uh, it's good for you to know that there is so many uh, 40s in the Bible. And the prophet Jonah, he also told in Nineveh that uh, Nineveh would be destroyed in 40 days. Um, and there's so many uh, 40s, all right? Uh, Moses also was in the Mount Sinai for 40 days. Okay, and he's speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So Jesus was focused on his speaking on the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. In verse 4, we're going to see that, And being assembled with, with, together with them, commanding them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which said he, he have heard of me. And here he said, uh, the disciples, they, they lived in the, the areas of uh, Judea, which is about 100 miles from Jerusalem. And, uh, and Jesus told them, don't go home. You stay in Jerusalem. Wait for the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is what gives us power to live for God. Amen. It's the Holy Ghost that prompts us. Is the Holy Ghost that, that gives us that gentle voice in the back of our minds and said, serve God, follow Jesus. Amen. That's, that's the power of the Holy Ghost. And that's what instructs us. And that's what the, the Holy Ghost is what prepares us. Because if I ask you, are you ready for Jesus' second coming? Uh, you would say, well, we... Uh, uh, it's the Holy Ghost that prepares us. We are not prepared in ourselves. We don't have that power in ourselves. It's God that gives us the power to live holy, to follow Jesus, to be, to be a witness, amen, and to face all persecution, to face all the uh, uh, adversities of life. It's the Holy Ghost that strengthens us, amen. So Jesus is telling them, wait for the promise of the Father, which say he, he have heard of me. And the next verse, 1-5, it says, 
um, for John truly baptized with the water, but he shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not many days hence. And Jesus is there, is speaking to them, and they are uh, uh, with their eyes fixed on Jesus. And Jesus is there giving their instructions. Uh, and uh, and the, the disciples, they were with their, their, their lives had been completely changed. And they are looking at Jesus. And then something amazing happened. Jesus' feet left the ground. I, I want you to picture that in your mind. Imagine that you are there with the disciples. And Jesus in, is there giving you the last instructions. Uh, uh, and, uh, and then his, his feet left the ground. And he like a floats in the air. And the disciples are there, you know, looking at him, witnessing the ascension of Jesus to heaven. And, uh, and they're they just looking as he goes higher and higher and higher. And according to the scriptures, uh, he was received in the clouds of heaven. And the disciples are there. They are watching him going up. And, uh, and they are waiting to see if Jesus would say one more thing. If they could get one more glimpse of the Lord. And they are there looking. And, uh, uh, at the clouds and, and they are there looking and one minute goes by and they all in there looking at Jesus looking for him looking at the clouds and, uh, and, and looking trying to see what else they could see so I, what I, while I was reading this Bible scripture I found a little humor in that you have this, all these disciples of Jesus Right there, looking at the clouds. I don't know if you get that, because I believe that God has a great sense of humor. And the disciples are there looking at Jesus, looking at the clouds, because uh, the clouds had taken Jesus away. And they are just looking at the clouds and go five minutes, and then go ten minutes. The Bible does not record, uh, does not record the, how much time they were there. Until the angels came. And then the angels come in the book of Acts, chapter 1. Uh, let's take a look. Uh, it, the angel says, Ye men of Galilee, why ye stare at Jesus going into heaven? And because they're all there uh, staring at him, trying to get a glimpse of him. And then, uh, and then he says, in Acts chapter 1, verse, uh, verse 3 through 5. And then uh, uh, Acts uh, chapter 1, verse 11, actually. Okay. Uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 11. Ye men of Galilee, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? Okay. Uh, just think uh, uh, a little humor there, because they're all there like that, looking at Jesus. And then the angels go, go on and say, This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Amen? 
So let, let's take a look at this Bible verse. This is clearly stating that in the same way that Jesus went up to heaven, his second coming is going to be in the very same way. So the same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like a manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So it's in the same way that Jesus went up to heaven. That's the same way he's going to be coming down from heaven. And the reason for that is that the Lord wants us to know the difference between the false Christs, the, the, all the, the, the false gods, and the one true God. Because when Jesus comes back, he will not need us to introduce him. He is going to introduce himself to the world. And when he comes in the clouds, he is going to introduce himself to the world. And so let's take a look in another passage that Jesus spoke in here. Just before we talk about that, I have to let you know that there is, we are expecting Jesus to come back. But many other religions out there in the world, they are expecting somebody to come back. So if you look at Islamism, they are expecting the, the 13 Iman, something like that, an Iman to come, which is going to be like the world leader. Then you look at the Jews, the Jewish faith, they are, they are expecting their Messiah to come, which is not Jesus, another Messiah to come. Uh, you also look at Hinduism, they also expecting somebody to come. Buddhism and all these other religions, they're all expecting somebody to come. And we are expecting Jesus to come. But let's see what Jesus talks about there. Let's take a look in the book of Matthew. Uh, the last, uh, one of the last chapters of the book of Matthew, Jesus gives us a very clear information on how that is going to be. In Matthew chapter 24, uh, let's take a look. In Matthew chapter 24, in verse 23. Then, if any man shall say unto you, Lo, he is Christ, or there, believe it not. The next Bible verse. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall shew great signs and wonder in so much that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. So what Jesus is saying here, uh, for the, uh, he says, for there shall arise false prophets. And if they say to you that they are here or there, don't even go to check it out. Because you know that's not the one true God. And even if they come to you and say, oh, Jesus already came back. Let's say he came back and they, he, they are hiding him in the Vatican. They are just waiting for a time for him to reveal to the world. Don't believe that. 
If somebody comes to you and say, oh, Jesus came and he's in the temple in Jerusalem. He's, they are just preparing him to present him to the world. Don't believe that. If they say to you, oh, Jesus came back and he's in the desert. Uh, and, um, um, and he's waiting for, to reveal himself to the world. Don't believe. If somebody say, oh, Jesus came back and he's in South America. Don't believe. Jesus came back and he's already in Japan. Don't believe that. All right? Amen? Because, when, because all these people, they have to be, all these false Christs that will come, they will have to be introduced to the world. By the world itself is going to introduce these people. But when Jesus comes back, when the one true God comes back, He's going to come back in the same way that he went up to heaven. As, the, as in the book of Acts says, he was come down from heaven. And all eyes will see him. So there was no question about that that's the one true God. And the Bible says that there shall arise false Christs. Look at that. And false prophets. And shall show great signs and wonders. Think about it. In so much that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elected. Because the Antichrist, they're going to use, the Antichrist, the false prophet and the, the beast, they're going to be using, those are the, 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 the powers of darkness. They're going to uh, try to rule the world in the end times. They're going to use all power of uh, deceiving and lies all power of a wickedness and one of the things that the devil is a specialist is to take truth and mix with lies and he makes that combo because if it's a completely lie you would say oh no you would uh, uh, would be very clear for you you would uh, immediately reject it but because he mixed some elements you know, he, he has the recipe for disaster. And he mixed that, some, some, he adds some sugar to it uh, to make it more uh, tasty. And that's when people get deceived. But we, we've been warned. The one true God, Jesus Christ, he's coming back to the, to the world. And all eyes will see him. He will come back in the clouds of heaven. There is not going to be rumors that he already came back. If you hear that, don't believe. Another thing that I have to tell you is that the Bible says that we don't know the day or the hour. So that's how you can tell a, a false prophet. If you see anybody telling you, oh, he's going to come in August 21st. Oh, he's going to come in July uh, 30." for the 31st or in January, uh, if they set up a date, well, he's the danger because if you set up a date and if he does not come that date, then what happened to, 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 the, to, the, to, the, to the prophet? He's a false prophet, right? So you, you have to be very careful uh, with uh, putting dates on the second coming of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus comes, for the second time, there is no question about it. All the eyes will see him. Uh, and, there, there is, um, and that's going to be a wonderful day. 
Because when he comes, he's going to change the history. You know, when he was just born, when he was just born, he changed uh, the date, the calendar. Today we say that we are um, July 28, 2019. 2019 because it's 2019 years from the birth of Christ. They tried to put that in a calendar. Uh, it's not perfect, but we just followed that calendar based on the day that Jesus was born. So when he comes back, that calendar then is going to be uh, changed because he's going to come. He's going to establish his kingdom on the earth. And uh, uh, there's three things that I have to talk to you. There are three events associated with the second coming of Jesus, which is the rapture of the church, the resurrection of the dead, the first resurrection of the dead, and the battle of Armageddon. But before we go there, I have to show you a PowerPoint presentation. I, I put in there uh, compare and contrast so you can have a better idea on how things changing uh, with the second coming of Jesus Christ. All right, so in the first came, Jesus came to the cross to die for us at the cross. When he comes back, he's going to come to be crowned, our, the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. The first coming, he came as a lamb. The second coming as a lion. You can participate with me, please. So... First coming, Christ came to die. Second come, coming, Christ will come to rule and reign forever. First coming, Christ came to be man's savior. Second coming, Christ will come to be the king of kings. First coming, Christ came to be the savior of sinners. And the second coming, Christ will come to be man's judge. Uh, the first coming, he was tempted. And the second coming, he's going to destroy sin once for all. Amen? Yeah, put your hands together. Praise God. Next slide. Uh, the first coming, Christ came to earth as a newborn baby. And, and very humble, humble. Uh, now he's going to come to earth as a conquering warrior. How's that? First coming, Christ came with meekness and riding on a donkey. Second coming, Christ will come with power, riding on a white horse. First coming, Christ came to bring peace to the human heart. Second coming, Christ will come to bring peace to the entire world. Amen? Put your hands together. Praise God. So in his first coming, Christ came to the first, uh, came to, uh, came the first time. The government was in the hands of man. Uh, you know, Herods, the great, the Romans. And now everywhere you go in the world, uh, all the government is in the hands of, of, of man. Uh, many countries around the world, they have... Uh, Communism, other places they have uh, democracy, they choose their, their leaders, but it's all human government. Now, when there's a second coming, uh, Christ come the second time, uh, the government would be in his hands upon his shoulders, according to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 through 7. 
uh, his first coming, Christ was killed by his enemies in Matthew 27 through uh, Matthew 27. Now, his second coming, Christ will kill his enemies. And that's in Thessalonians and in Revelation. Uh, the first coming, when Christ came the first time, he was rejected by the Jewish people. Uh, and they crucified their Messiah. Now, the second coming, when Christ comes, the second time he will be received by the Jewish people. Amen? All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, sister, for putting up this PowerPoint presentation. I appreciate it. Thank you, Danielle, Robin. I appreciate you helping. That was excellent. So, uh, when Jesus comes the second time, uh, there's uh, three major events that are going to happen in, uh, uh, in the world. One of them is the rapture, then the first resurrection, and the battle of Armageddon. And I'm going to be talking to you about these uh, three events because they are very important to know um, and to understand. So let's take a look at the harvest uh, when the Bible talks about the second coming. Uh, let's take a look in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verse, verses 29 through verse 31. So, uh, immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the star shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And, and, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with the power and great glory. And as you see here, and they shall appear the sign, the Son of Man in heaven. So everybody shall see. There is no way to mistake. He is not going to need anybody's introduction. He can introduce himself to the world. <laughs> Amen. And then shall all the tribes. No, you can go back. Uh, and then shall all the tribes of the earth born. Because when Jesus comes to the world, it's going to be a sad day. They mourn because they didn't accept Jesus. And he said, I am the prince of peace. I love the world. He loved the world. He, he is trying to reach for the world. That's why we are here as a church, to reach for the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loves the world, but the world rejected him. And because of the rejection, they are going to be mourning. It's going to be a, a sad day for the world. But for the church, it's going to be a glorious day. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be like a, a amen. It's going to be like a, the grand finale. If you like to see uh, the, the fireworks on 4th of July, like a, you can miss some fireworks here and there, but you don't want to miss the grand finale. Oh, yes. We all want to go to see all this firework going up. The grand finale is the best. It doesn't matter if you don't see one or two fireworks, but the grand finale you don't want to miss. If you are reading a book, 
And uh, it doesn't matter if you skip few pages, you didn't read few pages, but you want to know the end of the book, of the story, right? You want to know what, what comes in the end. Like, let's say if you are watching a movie, and uh, it doesn't matter if you miss few scenes, you miss some things, but you want to know how the movie is going to end, because that's more exciting than the whole thing, many times, is how it wraps up and how it finishes. So it's the same thing with a human history. It's a human history. So how is going to end the human governance, the human uh, ruling of the world? Because Jesus is coming. And then, and he shall send his angels, look at that, with a great sound of a trumpet. The trumpets sh shall sound, you see, and uh, 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 and they shall gather together his elect from the fourth winds from one end of heaven to the other. So this is talking about the gathering together. We're going to be gathered together with Jesus when he comes back in his second coming. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Isn't that marvelous? I want you to start thinking about it. Put that as in your goal in your life. Uh, hallelujah. Praise God. And the Apostle Paul, he says that, uh, that not all people are going to die. We, those that are living in here in this world, we're going to be changed. So, uh, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Um, and, uh, and this is talking about the first harvest. Uh, also, there is another passage in the Bible that I would like to share with you, uh, which is that Jesus talked about uh, in Matthew, uh, 20, uh, Matthew 20, 20, 24, verse, uh, verse uh, all right. Now, there's another passage in the Bible that talks about how one will be taken and the other one would be left. Uh, as, uh, uh, and he says, in, so for it is in the day, take a look at uh, Matthew chapter 24, verse 37. But as in the day of Noah, and sh uh, were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And it talks about how t uh, two people are in the field, one is taken, the other one is left. And, uh, uh, and we can bring that to our world today. So let's say that there are two nurses working in the hospital. One is taken, the other one is left. Uh, there is two clerks working, uh, and one is taken, the other one is left. Uh, there is two cashiers in a grocery store. One is taken, the other one is left. Uh, this is talking about how we, we talk about Jesus to people. We invite them to come to the Lord. We encourage them. Some people come to the Lord. Others don't. But our job is to invite people to the Lord. Is to, to preach, to speak, to warn people. Amen. And, and some people are receiving the Lord, but those that are not receiving Him, 
they're going to be, they're not going to be taken. They're going to be left in here. Then two, in the field, the one shall be taken, the other left. He's talking about that. What's, what really separates us from the world, which is our faith in Jesus. Imagine there is a husband and wife. And then, let's say, the husband is taken away and the wife is left. Or the vice versa. The wife is taken away and the husband is left. Um, so this is talking about the urgency for us to go and, and to reach for the world. And he's talking about how the, the, the first harvest, that the angels are going to come. And, and uh, uh, we are going to be meeting the Lord in the air. Uh, also, I would like to, to share with you uh, what is going to be uh, going to happen there. Because those people that are going to be left in here, they're going to be screaming, wait, wait, wait. But it's going to be too late. And they're going to remember all that they learn about God. All they learn about the second coming of Jesus Christ. And it would be a very sad day for those that are going to be left behind. Um, but uh, it's our time right now to reach for the world. The door of salvation is open. And uh, it's our chance now to go and, um, and uh, be ready. Uh, I would like to share with you now. Um, okay. Uh, when we go with the Lord, I just want to teach you that also. Because when Jesus came uh, back from the dead, he had the new body. And we are going to receive a new incorruptible body. It's a body that will never die. You don't get sick. And uh, it's a body that is going to be an immortal body. We're going to be living forever with, with the Lord. Now, if we look at Jesus, when he rose again, he had this new body. And he ate with the disciples. They ate fish. Uh, and he also promised in the Last Supper, he said that he was going to be eating. We're going to have the marriage supper, which is, uh, he compares his second coming and uh, the rapture of the church with a wedding. And uh, we're going to be able to eat. So we're going to be able to eat. But that eating is not because we're going to have to eat. Because we have a new body. And Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by all the word of God. Amen. If you remember the passage, raise your hands, that Jesus, uh, when he was in the desert. So, when we're going to eat, it's more like for pleasure and for the fellowship that we are going to be eating. Another thing that I have to talk to you is that Jesus, he walked on the water. And even Peter walked on the water as well. So, in the new body, we're going to be able to walk on the water. Everything that we're going to do is for the glory of God. Another thing that Jesus did is that he did not have to be transported to places. Uh, he, uh, he would just pop on the places that he wants to be. There is a passage with Philip, and he was baptizing the eunuch. And after he baptized the eunuch, he was just uh, 
translated to another environment without being transported. So that's one of the things that uh, we, we might be able to do in the, our new body. We don't have to be transported in there. And I thought that was a very interesting thing to say. Another thing that I, I found in here is that when Jesus rose again, he left his clothes in there. And, uh, and when the disciples saw him, he had a white garment, a shiny, very bright white garment. So uh, are you, uh, maybe it's like an angel's made garment. So when we are captured with the Lord and meet Jesus in the air, so we, we're probably not going to bring, bring these clothes. We're going to be dressed up with a heavenly clothes. Amen? Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, Oh, amen. So also, uh, I would like to talk to you about the resurrection of the dead. That's in Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brother, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. So um, he's saying here, uh, I don't want you to be worried about those which are asleep. Because for the Lord, those people that die in the Lord, they're not really dead. They are sleeping. Do you remember when Jesus, he went to, to raise uh, a girl from the dead? Well, she was dead. This little girl was dead. And they called Jesus to come. And then Jesus came at the door of the house. And he said, she's not dead. She's sleeping. And uh, everybody started laughing at Jesus and mocking him and said, she's dead. Um, who remembered the passage? You raise your hands. Amen. Thank you. Uh, and Jesus uh, asked everybody, that would, all the mockers, to leave the house. And then he came and he rose the girl back from the dead. So in the, in the eyes of God, those that are dead are asleep. So that's what he uses that word in here, concerned them which are asleep. There is sorrow not, even as others, uh, which have no hope. Because those people that have no hope, the person die, it, it's definitely dead, and that's it, and there's no more hope. Because they don't have the hope of salvation. They don't have the hope of uh, everlasting life. Because they lack Jesus. Amen? So as we look at the next Bible verse, it says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which is sleeping Jesus will God bring with him. So all the people that die in Jesus, they're going to come back alive. And also those people that in the Old Testament... That they did not know Jesus uh, since Adam and Eve, but they die in the hope of, of the Messiah, of Jesus. Uh, all the prophets in the Old Testament uh, and all the people in the Old Testament, they had their hope in Jesus. They also are going to come back alive. Amen? Isn't that good news? Amen. Praise God. Even so, then which is sleeping Jesus, which God bringeth with him. And all the people that die with their hope in Jesus. This is called the first resurrection. Amen. 
So there's two resurrections. There is the first resurrection. The first resurrection uh, is going to happen when Jesus comes back in his second time. All the dead that had the hope in Jesus are going to come back to life. And all the people that are alive in here on the earth, they're not going to experience death. They're just going to have their bodies change from mortal to immortal and, and go meet with Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's take a look at verse uh, 15. For this I say unto you, the word of the Lord, that you which are life and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. The next one. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. I was looking there and I thought, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So it's, it appears that the resurrection is going to happen even um, before the rapture. But I don't want to say that because I don't want to be like creating a new doctrine. But it, 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 that's what appears. The dead in Christ shall rise first. So let's take a look in the next Bible verse. Then that which are alive and remain shall be cut up together. So it, it appears that the resurrection of the dead will come first and then the rapture. Isn't that exciting? Uh, within the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and show shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. My time is up. And uh, let's stand up if you will. I'm going to have to stop now because of the time is scheduled. All right, so let's say a prayer now, if you could stand up. Let's all close our eyes now, and let's thank the Lord for the hope that we have in Christ. Lord, we want to thank you for this teaching. We want to thank you for the hope that we have in Christ. We love you. We praise you. We adore you. Help us to be ready for the day and the hour. Help us to be watching. Help us to be holy like you are holy. Oh, God, help, help us to be awake and on the watch and to be ready because we don't know the day. We don't know the hour that you are coming back. Lord, it can be tomorrow. It can be 50 years from now. We don't know. We know that it's, it's, it's coming. It's, it's the reality that we're going to face one day. And my prayer this morning is that we will be ready. That we, we will be, oh Lord, um, in, in the way that you would accept us. In the way that you would um, greet us and say, welcome. Welcome to the kingdom that I have prepared for you. All we want to hear is the welcome from you. We pray and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>